It's almost July, and that means it's about time for the PMEA Summer Conference. Today, we're talking with organizers of the event. That's all in today's PMEA's Take Note podcast, presented by the Slippery Rock University Music Department. Director of Education and Events for PMEA. Um, and today I've got some big shoes to fill. Um, I'm guest hosting um, PMEA's podcast, Take Note, which is presented by Slippery Rock University Music Department and is normally hosted by our very own Mark Despotakis. Um, so thank you, Mark, for the opportunity. Um, and Today, uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about um, the upcoming professional development opportunity for this summer, um, PMEA's uh, summer conference, which will be held um, once again virtually um, via uh, an app uh, called Whova, which has been great for us. Uh, the conference will be held from July 21st through the 23rd. And um, with us today, we have two wonderful uh, music educators, um, both Debbie Chrisman, who is um, a music educator and also holds um, the professional development chair, council, council chair uh, position within PMEA, and Sue Basilic, um, who is also a music educator and conference presenter extraordinaire. So thank you both for joining us today. And thank you everyone for, for tuning in. Um, so just to kind of get things started off, um, for me, I've been uh, reflecting a lot um, about the past year. Um, and I'm sure that's kind of something we've all been doing. Like what, what have we just um, kind of worked our way through, you know, together as a collective? Um, so I've been trying to think about, wow, like what, what's something that, was a positive for me or like a, a light um, in the dark um, that kind of kind of got me through this time. So I'm curious if um, if you both would mind sharing with us um, is, you know, if, if that's something you experienced, whether it be with uh, something with students in your classroom or something that was something, you know, you did for yourself that was kind of like a self-care piece or, you know, anything that you wouldn't mind sharing would be would be awesome. I'll jump in. As a teacher of beginning instrumentalists, both um, strings and band, um, this year really allowed me to focus on developing um, developing the students of just being musicians. With the ensemble piece that we all love, pretty much gone at the elementary level for this year, it allowed us to really focus on developing their love of playing music and really starting to love their instrument so that eventually down the road when the ensemble pieces can come back, they'll all be stronger individual musicians to, and then in turn, make a stronger ensemble. So just the idea of that, no matter what scenario we're thrown at now and going forward, we can still make music. Awesome, I love that. And I would have to agree with what Deb had to say. I could see that as we came through the pandemic, my students were actually very, very resilient and were willing to take just about anything that was thrown at them and make that work. So I would say one of my highlights of the pandemic, if this could be considered a highlight, would be the resilience of my students and how 
much they were willing to just push through everything. But I'd also like to give a shout out to our colleagues as well. Many of our colleagues have had to learn a lot of new things over the last year. And I think a lot of comfort zones were really challenged since March of 2020. And I really do have to give a lot of thanks and congratulations to the people that I work with, plus the people that I've met through PMEA and through other groups for really being willing to hang in there, learn new things, keep trying, give themselves grace and give each other other grace. So I, I would have to think they were probably my two biggest takeaways from the pandemic. Awesome, I love that as well. Thank you both for sharing. Um, I think the you know the connection piece is is huge, um, and I guess to kind of go along with that theme of connection, um, you know, we think about conferences as a way of connecting with with people. Um, and while unfortunately we won't be in person um, for summer, I think you know still connecting virtually um, is is a positive, and it's kind of been what what propelled us through this pandemic as well. So. Um, I guess in, in getting into a, a little bit of more uh, more detail regarding the conference, um, Deb, if you wouldn't mind just kind of maybe talking a little bit about um, uh, reasons to attend the summer conference and uh, possibly kind of maybe uh, talking a little bit about uh, benefits of being virtual. Absolutely. So as, as Merced said, yes, we are virtual again this year. Um, as most people know, when we're planning a large scale event, we can't wait till two weeks before to make a decision on how the event will look. Um, obviously in Pennsylvania, a lot of our restrictions have now been lifted, but when the planning process began, most of those restrictions were still in place. So based, mainly based upon that, we did make the decision to stick with the virtual format. Um, slightly different than last year. Last year was spread out over an entire week. This year it's spread out over three days, but in a very similar format. Um, again, it's still going to be through a, a platform app. We will be able to see each other on the screen. They will be live and, and with everything being recorded so that you can watch at a later date. Um, uh, th that was one of the things that we found to be actually a huge benefit of virtual last summer. Our attendance doubled from what we typically would see at, a, at our traditional in-person conferences. So having um, a lot more people having access um, and finding the time to be able to access it was, was great, I think, for our membership. Um, and then there's the fact that you, you, could, you could be on the beach, I guess, if you have Wi-Fi and still attend the conference. So the fact that you can be anywhere um, to attend and still be there live and, and see all your colleagues on the screen. And as Mr. just said, yes, it's also gonna work on a phone. Um, so those, those are some, some great benefits that we've found through the transition to virtual. Um, and then a couple just things in terms of what we can expect in our conference. Um, that Well, the full schedule is available on the PMEA website of all the different sessions that will be available. Uh, we will be hitting on all of our typical content areas, choral, instrumental, um, there'll be some modern bands, some wellness. Uh, we're gonna have yoga, just so a few different things. Um, we're bringing back the um, open forums that we've uh, found some benefit of. Uh, we'll have one in each area so that everyone can have, talk about, I guess, maybe how the year went and so what they're looking at towards going into next school year in their specific content areas. Uh, we do have three keynotes that we'll be featuring throughout the three days. On Wednesday, we'll be talking with David Wish from Little Kids Rock. On Thursday, we'll be talking with Alyssa Jones. And then on Friday, we'll be featuring uh, James Weaver from 
NFHS. I think that covers most of the details of the conference. Great. Yeah. Um, and I just, just to kind of add on, um, I think one of the, the really cool things, um, as Debbie mentioned, we have the three keynotes um, all on different days. Um, but there will also be opportunity, um, at least for the first two of um, there will be a, a Q&A and kind of like an informal um, meet and greet after both Dave Wishes and Alyssa Jones' uh, presentation. So that'll kind of allow us to um, have the opportunity to connect more with those folks on those topics. I think Dave is going to be talking about um, this, the state of uh, music education in Pennsylvania um, and of course, uh, modern, modern band um, and uh, the relationship to modern band in Pennsylvania schools. Um, and Alyssa, I think is going to be talking about um, self-care. So um, I think, you know, those will be, those will be very interesting. And James is also phenomenal. Um, he uh, will be talking about uh, copyright. Um, and if I do say so myself, he is um, just a very engaging speaker. Um, and especially when it comes to the material that he's talking about, he's very engaging. Um, and you think like copyright, hmm, but you have to come and see. <laughs> so, um, Sue, um, you've presented at many a conference um, in your past. Um, and i uh, just curious to hear your thoughts on, um, specifically on the, on the value of this um, professional development opportunity. Um, and maybe just sharing, I don't know if you have any, any stories you wanna share or if you wanna talk about, um, I wanna thank you because you're going to pre be presenting some sessions um, for the conference. So um, anything you'd like to share um, on past experience or you know, what you're going to pre be presenting um, would be great. Thank you. One of the really nice things that I've always found about the summer conference is that it has allowed us to go into greater depth on some in some of the topics that we've been offering. For instance, in the past, we've been able to do sessions where we've actually offered people a longer session time and the ability to learn skills and then practice them. Two years ago, when we were at our last um, live summer conference in Harrisburg, I was able to do a three hour session on Google tools for educators. And that really was, was great for me to hone my presentation skills and share what I know, but it was also great to watch people learn new skills, have the opportunity to practice those new skills and have any questions that they wanted answered right then and there. So that's been one of the really great things about the summer conference. And regardless of format, whether it's virtual or live, the opportunity to have more interaction with, or more interaction between the presenter and those attending the session to me is a really valuable thing. When we go to the spring conference, the menu of sessions is fantastic, but there are a lot of things to choose from all at the same time, and you wanna make sure that you catch them all. Well, in the summer conference, since we have fewer sessions, I really feel at times that there, there are more opportunities for learning. So I think that's one of the values of the summer conference. One of the other things that I've really enjoyed about the summer conference is the ability to make connections outside of the sessions. And I'm looking forward to that again this year as we come through the summer conference with our opportunities to speak after our keynote speakers do their presentations. I think that's really important. I think it helps our organization build community. And I also think that it helps all of our members network with each other. We've had some fun times at previous summer conferences. Uh, a very long time ago, we used to have talent shows. 
And <laughs> it was very interesting to watch the, the different districts um, showcase their talent, both in a serious and maybe perhaps a not so serious manner. We've had some wonderful keynote speakers at our previous summer conferences, and I'm sure that we'll be continuing that, uh, that tradition again this summer. Also, the opportunity to be able to just see your friends who you might not be able to see during the school year. Some people just, you know, either due to job responsibilities, family responsibilities, et cetera, can't get to a traditional spring conference, but can get to a summer conference. Perhaps their schedules are a little bit lighter, et cetera. So it gives us all an opportunity to maybe hang, for want of a better word, with uh, people that, you know, ordinarily we wouldn't see during the school year, or maybe just see our friends again, who we might've just seen the previous late March, early April. I really like the summer conference. I just, I just really, I love the vibe. The vibe's a little bit more laid back. It's just a really, it's a nice opportunity to see everybody, learn new things. I find sometimes at summer conference, we are able to perhaps take some of our sessions off of what we might con con uh, consider the traditional music education, professional development path. You know, we mentioned that we're having yoga this summer. I'm not quite sure if we would be able to do yoga at a spring conference. I, I don't know if that would be possible, but I'm certainly looking forward to seeing that with the summer conference. We're able to do a lot more hands-on during summer. You know, we have some more space to maybe set things up, move around, et cetera. I don't ever really recall going to a spring conference where, um, where we've been able to have like say maybe a large ensemble performing together, perhaps an other than just a sight reading session. And to be able to do that, we've been able to do that at past summer conferences. That's kind of a plus too, you know, just an opportunity to play with your peers. So I really think the summer conference, absolutely, I would recommend it to everybody just, you know, just to get a, a different, a different type of PD. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing. So um, I know um, as, as we kind of began um, with our talk about, you know, reflecting on this past year and um, just kind of, you know, some of the challenges that we've faced, um, and it's just been a, a tough year for education, um, but we really are, um, you know, obligated to our students to uh, stay relevant and inspired. Um, and um, so I'm curious if you would both mind sharing um, your thoughts on, you know, your final thoughts on the importance of professional development, um, really, you know, in in that light about, you know, remaining relevant and inspired for um, future generations. Absolutely. So um, I, I guess I've, I've been passionate about professional development uh, for, for a long time. It, it took me a few years into my career to be able to um, start attending conferences at, at the state level. Um, but I've always relished every chance I've ever gotten to attend and, and to learn some, some new things. Um, I'm, Getting, I'm around the midpoint of my career now. Um, and I, one of the things I like now about going to different sessions is there's always at least one new thing I can take away some places, but also the fact that sometimes I'll go to a session and even though I won't learn anything new, it reaffirms that, yes, you know what, I'm on the right path with my students. You know, other people are doing the same things that I'm doing. So, you know, I'm, I'm doing justice um, to, for, for my students on, on what, what kind of new things I want them uh, to be learning. Um, again, the other, I guess the other big thing is the being able to connect with other music teachers. Um, you know, we're all coming from different places in the state, different size music departments. Um, some people teach 
K through 12, others teach a small segment of students. Um, but even with all, with all that, I think a lot of us are isolated to a point within, within, even within our school districts, we might be the only music teacher in the building. So getting to spend time, whether it's in person or through that, you know, through that Zoom computer screen, it's, it's very comforting to be able to be next to somebody that is going through the same things you're going through that you might not get to experience on a daily basis when you're with your students. Absolutely. Thanks, Debbie. From my point of view, I'm a little later in my career than, than Deb is, but I still believe that it's important to remain relevant. And to that, to me, you really do need to stay up to date on what is going on in our profession and with education. Our students are changing and we need to be able to make those changes ourselves. So continuing professional development is important because it at least can bring you up to date. You can, you can see what other people are doing. You can learn from what other people are doing. And who knows, maybe you'll find an idea that you absolutely love, but may not exactly work very well for your students. That's okay. Look at it, adapt it, make it work. And I really feel that professional development, particularly if you continue to work on your professional development throughout your career, will allow you to do that and will encourage you to be the best teacher you can be for your students. Wonderful. Thank you, Sue. Well, uh, thank you both again. Um, I don't know if are there any any other final thoughts that either of you want to add to the conversation about the conference? Um, nope. Well, just just encouraging everyone to consider <laughs> attending. Um, and, and just like our other previous two virtual conferences, everything will be available after the date. So if you're not, if you're on vacation those days and can't join on your phone from wherever you're at, you will still have access to everything for at least two months after. Awesome, thank and you. I, I have to think that's probably the best thing coming out of a virtual conference. I mean, we can't be together, but we can still continue to learn after the conference is over. When you have a traditional conference, unless somebody's been live streaming or recording, you don't have that opportunity and we still will. And I really think that's a great, great idea. And thank you for that opportunity to be able to keep learning. Absolutely. Thanks, Sue. So uh, I look forward to seeing you both. Um, and thank you again for being here. Thank you, Mark, for the opportunity. Um, and uh, so we'll just wrap things up. Thank you to Slippery Rock University Music Department for presenting uh, the Take Note podcast. And thank you to our sponsors, uh, the Bucknell University Music Department, Lebanon Valley College, and Robert M. Sides Family Music Centers. Thanks again. Take care.